friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and today with me, I have a special guest, Mackenzie Tortoise of Balanced Letters on Etsy, and she is also a student in my program, and I'm so glad to have this conversation. This is actually our second time recording this podcast episode, so we've gotten to know each other through these, which is kind of nice. Welcome, Mackenzie. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So let's just kick off with kind of your background, how you got started, how your shop kind of unfolded. Tell us your story. Sure. So I am a mom and a wife, first of all. Um, I have a one-year-old and I have an Etsy shop that is hand lettering, calligraphy, art prints, and then using that on sort of different types of products, mugs, and other things. So I've been doing this since 2018. And it came about, I've always been sort of an artistic person ever since I was a little kid. And I had done some projects for my own wedding and for friends. And everyone kept telling me, you know, you should do this as a job or like a side hustle. And I kept kind of brushing it off. You know, it's always the hardest thing to start it. And then in 2018, I finally, I had some time, we had just moved to a different state and I didn't have much to do. So honestly, I started it up kind of as a hobby. So that was in the beginning of November of 2018, I kind of made the decision that I was going to do it. And I gave myself a month to learn the ropes and kind of get everything set up. So I opened my shop on November 30th. I think it was Black Friday of that year. And I opened it with mostly digital stuff. I didn't want to take the risk of having a lot of inventory because I was very new. Obviously, I had no idea what I was doing. I was also using drop shipping at the time. So essentially, where you create a product, it gets printed by a vendor and then shipped directly to the customer. Okay, I want to interrupt you here because because I already know where the story is headed. But how did you go? Like when you first got started, what made you decide to go into the drop shipping thing instead of just doing? Like, how did you know to even get started with that versus just making like hand lettered art or whatever that was actually you know done each one individually? Yeah. So I honestly don't remember how I figured out that it was a thing, but I knew that I didn't want to take a lot of risk in inventory. And I knew that I wanted to make products. So I like mugs are one of my main products that I make. And in finding out that I could do drop shipping, it was almost a no brainer to just kind of test the waters. Um, it is more expensive. Obviously, somebody else is, is making it for you, but it's still your design. And, you know, I still work a nine to five. So this is all in my after hours time that I didn't have a, a ton of time to be making every individual product. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just thought that was kind of interesting because there's a lot of people that 
move to drop shipping once they kind of figure out that it's a thing. <laughs> but yeah. but they start off with like individually, you know, painting each thing or, you know, drawing each thing by hand. Yeah. So I think the the other thing is that one part of my business is like I want products that are going to be super long lasting. So a product that is actually printed rather than using vinyl. I own vinyl products and I love them. I just personally would rather be able to throw it in the dishwasher and not have to worry about it, you know, peeling off, which is interesting subject because I actually got a cricket machine last November and I have barely touched it because I'm a little terrified of it. (laughs) I also have one that has sat in my basement. I think I made one like onesie for my child that's now almost six. (laughs) I've never touched it again. (laughs) I don't like to kind of downgrade the way other people do things. But for me personally, as a mom, I know, you know, I want things that are going to last and that I don't have to worry about like hand washing them or whether that's going to come off in the wash. Yeah. So that was kind of from the beginning. I, I even would test things from the drop shipper. Like I would order samples and I still like I'll order samples. And if it's not something that I would love, I just cancel it and I try to find something new. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just scared of my Cricut machine, which is why I have it. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree with you. This is actually like kind of a new thing for me. I've been dabbling in the drop shipping world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so far, all I've done is like order stuff for my own baby because I can't figure out what I really want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll mention in a second kind of the, the funny thing that happened with that. But I would say over the last couple of years, I've used a couple of different companies for drop shipping, and they vary in you know customer service. They vary in quality. So it takes some time to like kind of figure it out. But it's it's really worked out for me in having this as. You know, I don't really have to do much when someone orders something. I have to make sure that, you know, everything is set up correctly. But essentially, when they order it, it's being packaged up and shipped to them. Now I'm paying a higher price because somebody else is doing it. But it seems to be working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that they're, they're just like for other people's reference, you know, there's always going to be some expenses that... So like when you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, so you're paying a little bit higher price for your actual material costs because you're not Mm -hmm. doing the work. But for somebody like me, who's not doing drop shipping, who's actually producing, like I'm paying my employee who is currently working in my workshop Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do some of my stuff so that I can scale in the same way. So there are still costs, you know, it's just a different, different way of running a business. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, let's continue on with your dropshipping story and tell us kind of what happened next. Yeah, so as I said, I had opened my shop on November 30th of 2018. And I had probably like 10 or so items in there. I think when I started, some of them were just, you know, printable digital downloads. And then I had a couple of mugs that I had set up as dropshipping. And I think sometime within that first week, I came up with this idea to have this kind of funny mug that was about uh, the author, Rachel Hollis. So Rachel Hollis had her number one bestseller come out that year, which was Girl, Wash Your Face. And a group of my friends, we were all obsessed with it. She's kind of this 
motivational speaker, self-help guru who is really empowering other business owners to kind of like live their life as to the fullest. So I had talked to my friend and I said, you know, I think it would be really funny to make a mug that says, what would Rachel Hollis do? Because we would always jokingly kind of reference it. And then I, as the more I thought about it, I was like, I need to do this like really quickly because somebody else is going to do it. And then I'm going to be mad that somebody else did it. (laughs) So I did that. I think I even created it like after that November 30th and put it up in my shop. And then on the next week on December 5th, I was at my nine to five you know, I have the Etsy app on my phone. And as everyone knows, you get that cha-ching when you get a sale. Well, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden my phone cha-chinged like three times. And I had only had one sale at that point. So I was like, oh my God, like freaking out. And so then within the next five minutes, it was like an explosion of cha-chings. Like I had to turn the sound off because it was distracting (laughs) and I was no longer paying attention to my nine to five. But I was also kind of freaking out because I didn't know what was happening. And at the time, since I had just started my shop, everything, you know, all of my finances were mixed together. We were paying for everything up front out of our own bank account. So the way that drop shipping works is that you pay for the product up front and then when Etsy pays you, you know, you get the difference back. So my husband is texting me and he's like, "What is happening?" cuz he keeps he gets a text message every time the card gets charged. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, I don't know. And he thinks we're like getting kind of fraud attacked. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Like, let me check social media, like see maybe Etsy promoted it or something. So I go on my Instagram and I had, when I posted that mug though, a couple of days beforehand, I think it was two days before I had tagged Rachel Hollis and it was something about, you know, it's Monday morning. This is like your cup of ambition for the morning. And she had reposted my post onto her Instagram account. And at that point, I went to my Etsy account and I had 50 mugs that I had posted. Now with dropshipping, you obviously can put up infinite amount. Like you can just set it to a million and it could go on forever because I'm not actually creating them. But I had had it set to 50 just because I thought I would never get to 50, honestly. (laughs) So... When I went on there and saw it, the all of the 50 were already gone. And then I had all of these messages in my inbox saying, do you have more of this mug? Can I get one of these mugs? So going back to kind of what she had posted about it, she said, you know, it's, it's almost Christmas. Like, let's help out this small business owner. I thought this was really funny. And she had found it because I had tagged like her hashtag for, I think, the book or something. So she kind of scrolls through that. And so obviously the the 50 were gone and I forget the first time I renewed it, you know, I added like a hundred or whatever. I added more. And then again, they sold out. So long story short, within I would say a 24 hour time frame, I had 500 sales of oh, that month. <laughs> and Now, if we back up, I had just opened my shop a week beforehand. And I 
since I was new to drop shipping, I did not do what I just recommended and ordered a sample. So I literally had never even seen this mug. <laughs> like I, I had no idea the quality. Like <laughs> I was a little panicked. So essentially at 500 orders, which was probably way higher than I should have let it go. I paused and I said, okay, I'm going to rush order one of these mugs and, you know, make sure that it arrives and is quality that I would want to sell because that could easily, you know, if this mug is something awful, like 500 orders, my <laughs> Etsy shop should basically be closed. By then. Right. This gives <laughs> yourself really fast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think that was Wednesday and I shut it down and I had like an automated message to everyone saying, you know, I'm waiting to catch up on these orders, like make sure everyone gets fulfilled and then I'll reopen it on Sunday. So I received my mug. I like rush shipped it on Sunday and it was great. I mean, it's, you know, it's a drop shipping mug. It's made in China, but it was what I wanted it to be. So I opened it back up. And then I think over the next couple of days, the amount of orders, I think the ending number was somewhere around like 800 orders of that mug. That's insane. Yeah, it was was crazy. Yeah. So I get people all the time who or I mean, like this is everybody's dream, sort of. Well, it's it's what everybody thinks they wish would happen. (laughs) And I tell people frequently, you know, because I mean, this is a a really cool and unique story for most people putting something up and then like a week later having something go viral like that is not going to happen. I mean, you know, the viral posts are few and far between. Yeah, exactly. So, but I always say to people, you know, if that were to happen, especially when you are brand new, I mean, even if you're not brand new, honestly, if I went viral right the second, it would be such a change from what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. that it would be really stressful. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like what, you know, I mean, you said you're kind of freaking out about the quality and everything, but this can definitely be a double-edged sword. It's what people want to happen, but then it's not just like all, you know, money flowing into your bank account. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll start with the the pros because obviously there's still some pros to it. So I think... The best part was it kind of gave me this motivation to think that my Etsy shop could actually be something. You know, I I wasn't envisioning that it was going to be this for the long term. But when I opened it, it was very much like a hobby. Right. And so when I saw this happen, I kind of saw things unfolding in the future that it could actually be something bigger than what I had envisioned it as. And that's a really big thing. Like that that's yeah. not like something to downplay because I think that the ability to see the potential of what you're doing is a really it's a hard thing especially in the beginning for people because they get really discouraged or they get really frustrated when things don't take off right away. So for that to happen so soon after you started, I mean, that's really like, I remember the first time I had a sale and then the first time that I had like a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars and $10,000 and just being able to see where you say like, I don't even know where this could go, but like, I might really actually be on something here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm still doing that now. Like I, I'll talk to you in a few minutes about kind of changing gears, but 
I, I'm always like, okay, I see the next opportunity. So I think that was a big thing. And I, I see a lot of people in the, the two groups that you have that do feel discouraged. And it's just, you have to be able to like see the long-term vision and know that, like you were saying, it's a, it's a double-edged sword that, you know, this happened and then it did kind of continue. It took the momentum of my shop through from that was November, kind of through February of the next year. I had pretty consistent sales through February, but then I had this realization that this is just one product right. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just one author you know, how can I start to shift to that into something else? And I, I did actually, I had done the same mug for a different author who is equally as popular. And I actually was contacted by their legal team and said I wasn't allowed to make the mug. <laughs> yeah. So I actually think that this is really interesting because that was my first thought when you said this about Rachel Hollis, like when you filled mm-hmm. out the form to be on the podcast and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I didn't know that that would be legally cool. (laughs) Yeah. So it's tricky, right? Yeah. And it sounds like it's probably just dependent on the person and what they are okay with, you know, their name being used or whatever. But I think that it's really cool of Rachel Hollis that she embraced that. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously like, no skin off her back. Although I guess, you know, she could create the same product and sell it herself. And then that would be that. <laughs> yeah. So I will say this was where kind of some of the, the struggles came in is that exactly like you were saying. So intellectual property is very, very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of went down that rabbit hole because when I paused the mugs to fulfill the first 500, what happened is there were other people on Etsy who quickly realized that I did that and created the same mug. Right. Just changed the font. I mean, they didn't even, you know, hand letter it. They just grabbed the font and made a mug that was the same. And, you know, I just, I sent them a note and I said, like, you know, I don't think this is kind of morally right to do. I know that I can't really do anything about it. And I started to get kind of these threatening email or messages of like, you don't own this property. So then I, I started down this whole rabbit hole of thinking about like, okay, how can I protect myself? Because I know that Rachel Hollis obviously is supportive of it. But if if this is a business where I brought in 800 sales this year, it's probably worth looking into an LLC and starting to protect my own finances. Because there's just crazy people out there. Yeah. So what I did at that point is I started looking, reaching out to Etsy resources. So before that, the only resources I had kind of gone through were the ones provided by Etsy. So like their handbook, kind of the straight from Etsy, not really the extra advice. So I started looking on Facebook and I found a couple other groups and I started like getting attacked in this one group saying that like I wasn't allowed to sell this mug. And even though I justified it, you know, the way that we just talked about. And right. so I quickly learned that there are groups that are very brutal. <laughs> you do not want to join. So thankfully, I found your group, which I will say was the warmest community that I found. And I know that you know, your, your free Facebook group, it's, it's open, but it's somehow it has become this 
like very comfortable place. And there's, I wouldn't say I've ever seen anyone being nasty in there, which is people are coming there for advice. So it still drives me nuts how many people are just like attacking other people on other groups. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you had that experience. I think that, I mean, the free Facebook group is a lot of work for me. And now I have Kathy who's helping me out with it too, because it is so important to me to not add to that negative noise, both Mm -hmm. on like social media and like the internet in general, but also about Etsy. Like for me, and I've talked about this extensively in the group and on the podcast, like, Do I think that Etsy is the perfect business or the perfect company? No, I don't. Like, I don't love every single change they make. I'm annoyed by things at times, but it has allowed me such an amazing opportunity that I will be forever grateful for. And so I don't feel like there's any point in like wallowing in the negativity because it's like either you want to be successful and you want to do well, or you want to sit in the negativity. I would prefer to be successful and do well than to sit in the negativity. (laughs) So I want to surround myself with people who feel the same way because the people who really want to just sit in the negativity, they're not going to go anywhere with it. Like they're just going to be, that just becomes like all consuming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So kind of after that, you know, the initial went through February of the next year. And then I started to think about like what I wanted the business to actually be because, you know, I had my Instagram had gone from maybe 200 followers to 1600 overnight. So I had this following of like-minded people who follow Rachel Hollis. A lot of my followers that I still interact with on a daily basis are from that initial influx of people, but it was really cool because those are the people that I love to connect with the other small business owners that are kind of trying to, to grow these businesses while they have kids at home. Maybe it's a side hustle, maybe it's a full-time job. So that was really cool and trying to figure out what I can provide to them. So for a while, it was kind of a mix and I would say it's still a mix of like, I have some wedding related items that I make because that's where I started. And then I have some digital items. And then I recently have started to shift more into kind of empowering other women for their businesses. So both in like affirmation cards, but also in branding. So I actually just am completing my first big branding project actually for a podcast that was a a girl who found me through that original Rachel Hollis mug. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's kind of like come back full circle to where I started, you know, that's how Rachel Hollis found me. And now I want to like provide that to other people. Yeah. So I think that this is like an interesting shift because it's a certain person and a certain like business mindedness that takes a product like this. But like you said, it's only it's one product. It's one thing. So how do you then build a business from there that's not dependent on this one product? Like where yeah. where do you go from there? And I mean, I'm assuming that when you joined my program and everything, that was kind of your goal was like, okay, how do I take this momentum that I've had from this one product and then go from there and keep going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I think when I joined your class, I think it was last fall, I 
had a, a newborn and I was trying to figure out like, okay, I can't do a ton right now. I can kind of focus on learning. And I was thinking about, you know, all the different paths I could go on. I could learn to do something new. I could learn to, you know, there's a million different things. But then I realized, and I kind of binge listened to your podcast from, you know, way back. And I realized that I already have products that sell, but I just wasn't I didn't have my SEO set up and I'm still working on it, but I was missing, you know, I have those products, but I wasn't utilizing them correctly, I guess. Like I wasn't, they weren't visible to the people that want to buy them. So I was focusing on what I already had rather than opening another thing because I can really go down that rabbit hole of trying 50 different things. <laughs> and I know that never gets me anywhere. So I, I mean, even after taking your course, I did a lot of it earlier. Last year, I've been thinking about how to niche down even more. And it's hard because like, you know, I, I really enjoy doing so I do place cards for weddings. And even though now is a really weird time for weddings, I get favorites on those place cards almost every single day, but nobody's ordering any because nobody's having weddings. Right. <laughs> so hopefully that will be changing soon. Yeah, I'm like a little overwhelmed. I'm like, oh gosh, am I going to get like 10 orders for these things starting next year? Right. Yeah. But it's also a balance of like, now I have a one-year-old, so I can't really do a lot of hands-on stuff. And I I do really enjoy like helping other people kind of build their business. I want it to be meaningful. I don't want to... While I enjoyed the overnight success, I know there's a lot of people who use drop shipping and they just find what is trendy right now and they don't really have any connection to it. So I don't want to make like a cat sweatshirt because I have no desire for a cat sweatshirt. Like, you know, I have no connection to that, even if it's going to sell a million of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's just like different approaches to business for people, but I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I'm like, well, maybe I could do a bajillion different things. Who even knows? Like, the entrepreneurial spirit runs really deep for me. (laughs) But I'm like, no, like, baby stuff is where I started. It's where I've stayed. It's what I know, like, really, really well, because I've had babies forever. (laughs) And, you know, like, that is it's like my jam. And why would I start, like you said, to make cat sweatshirts? Like I don't have a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that being said, I do look into different things and kind of think about, you know, what would make sense. So if there is a new line of like the affirmation cards that I'm kind of working on as a, a bigger project this year, it still relates back to that, you know, small business owner, women empowerment mindset, but it is like a new thing that I'm going into. Yeah. And I definitely think that there's ways to look at the trends and the kind of cultural things that are going on, you know, in terms of the words and the colors and the designs and everything to continue to be creative and incorporate new ideas while still staying true to the niche that you have and that you want to stay in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming back again and recording this. It's been fun. This is like kind of a different conversation than we had the first time. So it was good to get to know even more of your story. And can you tell everybody where to find you online if they want to check you out, check out your shop and everything? Sure. So I am on Etsy and Instagram at Balanced Letters with the ED at the end of Balanced. All right, cool. Thank you again for coming. 
Yeah, absolutely. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.